This has been a good week for us at the Baker household. Uh, like many of you, we have, uh, uh, we have indulged in some turkey and dressing and, and some uh, cranberry sauce and some pumpkin pie and some pecan pie and some red velvet cake and some, oh dear Jesus, I'm getting a sugar high just talking about it, but we went down to, to visit with uh, my wife's mom and dad. Her, her, her mom is in a rehab center, and, and her dad ha- is, is just getting older, and it's harder for him to get around. We were able to visit with a couple of her siblings, and, and we just had a great time. Her mom uh, was happier than I've seen her in a long time, and, and she was in the rehab nursing home there, and, and she was smiling, and she was talking, and she was... Uh, uh, she was just doing very well, and so we had a, a great opportunity to visit with them and the siblings, and then you know how it is when cousins get together, right? I, I mean, uh, man, all kinds of stuff can happen when the cousins get together. But it was fun, and we, we, we had an enjoyable time, and I'm thankful that uh, God has blessed me in such a way that we have a wonderful family and a wonderful church family, uh, and I know that you are as well. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to take them, and if you would, to please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 12, and bear with me today. I, I'm going to use this old-fashioned microphone today. Uh, as most of you know, I, I had some surgery done a few weeks ago, and I'm I'm still having some struggles with that, and and so I'm I'm trying to hold it down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been instructed to do that, and when a dentist tells a Pentecostal preacher to hold it down, he doesn't know what he's asking. But I'm going to try, and and if you will help me. Uh, I'll need you to shout a little bit louder, if you don't mind. Say amen a little more frequently, and, and it might help me to hold the horses just a tad bit. Uh, but anyway, uh, just be patient with me and the sound guys as we kind of work through this and get it, get it to a, uh, a level that's good for me and a level that's good for you as well. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3-12. through 12. Before I go there, just let me tell you that while we had a great time this week, I, I also, um, on one day, in fact it was Thanksgiving Day, I, I, I had one of those moments that uh, you, you start letting your mind think about things that really you ought not be thinking about too much. And um, I decided one day that I would take a stroll down the, the, the Hall of Fame at my in-law's house now, you may have one of these in your house, and you may not, but <clears throat> my mother-in-law has a hallway, and when you walk down that hallway, there are pictures on both sides, and uh, you, there are so many pictures in there, literally, that you could not put another picture on the wall if your life depended on it. And when new grandbabies or new, uh, new husbands or wives come in, we have to remove some people from the Hall of, Sh- uh, Hall of Fame and, and put them in the Hall of Shame so that, we can, so that we can add more pictures to the Hall of Fame. And so we were walking 
down through there, Jovi and I, because she likes to look at the pictures and she wants to see where mom was and she had asked about pictures of people that she should know, but because they had an afro on their head, uh, she didn't know that it was me, you know, or, or whatever, and she would ask. My, I, I, I've told you, my wife let me, she talked me into getting a body wave one, one year, many years ago, and my body wave got anointed and it became you know, one of those big, big hairdos, and, and it, it, just, it just didn't look real good on me. I, some people carry it well, uh, but I don't carry it well. And so anyway, she was asking about all of these people, and, and what should have been probably a very joyful moment for me uh, was a moment where concern kind of gripped my heart, because as we went down uh, the, the Hall of Fame and looked at the pictures, I I saw people in those frames that are alive and they're living their lives, but they're dead because they don't know Jesus. And, and they, they are not walking in relationship with Him. They know who He is. They know about Him, but they have made a decision to reject Him. And in a moment when I should have been very happy about celebrating the legacy of our family, I found myself being concerned for them. And all of a sudden, this passage of Scripture, which I had just recently been studying, just rose up in me, and I was reminded that it says to us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And later on in the Scripture it says, I am not ashamed for I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him until that day. And I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like this before, but it just began to well up in me and it, and it overtook the concern. And all of a sudden, I found myself rejoicing in the fact that Jesus Christ loves them far more than I love them and He is working harder at bringing them to a place of redemption than I am and He is keeping them in His hands. And in a moment where it could have been overwhelming for me, I found myself with a new, excited level of faith and trust where that I could know beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ loves everyone who has ever been created and He will not give up on any, no, not one. He is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to eternal life in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that or not, but I had one of those this week. And I just began to work my way through it until finally I found my way to that place of trust and knowing that Jesus is able to do all things. And so today I want to share with you today three things that I am thankful for this week. And I want us to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. It says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, 
And as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher, which I, is, is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that He is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Thank you for your word today, Father. I pray that you will bring it alive in a fresh way, a new way, so that your people may not only hear, but eat it and be nourished by it and grow into that place of faith that you have for them. I ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Just so that I'll know, say real loud, I'm ready, Pastor. Amen. Me too. As I begin thinking about this passage of Scripture and wondering, you know, about it and the message that, that he is trying to get to us, the Apostle Paul who wrote this to Timothy, he, he's trying to say to Timothy that, listen, there will be times in your life when life will be difficult. It will be hard. There will be things that you will face that are not easy. But don't give up in moments like that. Remember what you have been taught and remember what has been given to you so that you can be resourceful and overcome every situation that the enemy would try to throw at you to destroy you with. Aren't you glad to know today that though the enemy comes to kill and to steal and destroy, Jesus came so that we might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. Amen. That's the part I want you to focus on today. Don't get wigged out by a toothless enemy. Amen. Don't be afraid of an enemy who can only come at you but is limited in his abilities. Amen. We serve a God who is unlimited and holds in His hand all resources and has provided us with the keys 
to, uh, to unlock those things in our lives. And as he is talking to Timothy, he mentions three things. And as I, in this chapter and in this reading, and as I read them, it came alive in my spirit and I agreed that I too am thankful for these things. The first thing is, I am thankful for the gift of community. I am so glad that I don't have to do life alone. I am so glad that I don't have to do life outside of the community of believers where God has planted me. I am so thankful for people like you. In fact, I put it on Facebook this week. I hope you saw it. I didn't throw any turkey drumsticks up there. I didn't put any ham. I didn't put any dressing. I just put a little picture that said, I am grateful for you. I want you to know that you are a blessing to me. I know that we have to walk through some stuff together occasionally. I know that sometimes we don't see things always eye to eye. But I am thankful that in those moments that God gives us the ability to work through disagreements and work through times when we may not be on the same page so that He can bring us to a place where we are on the same page. Just this week, I was praying about some people uh, who I guess have decided to disconnect from this body and, and I haven't seen them in a long time and they won't answer my text and they won't answer my phone calls and, and, and it, it's just one of those things where when somebody doesn't want to communicate with you, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot else you can do. And I, I begin to pray and, and, and ask the Lord, and, and, and Lord, if there's a problem, I, I pray that you'll help me and, 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 and all of that. And, and the Lord said to me, He said, do you remember after five years that you came to the church and you said to them, I want to show you what God has done over the last five years. We're going to talk about the five years of favor that has come from the hand of the Lord. And you also at that time said, we're going to look five years into the future. And as we look into the future, this is what our church, I believe, will look like over the course of the next five years. For some of you, it will be uncomfortable. For some of you, you will realize that we aren't going back to where we were at one time. I'm not cool enough, and I can't carry the mail when it comes to some of those kinds of things. But there are some things that God has called me to do. And I said, if you'll get with me and we work together, I can believe that we can impact this community in a way that will be pleasing to the Lord. And we talked about the child care center, and we talked about the school, and we talked about things that would come in this next five years. And I said, some of you aren't going to dig this this, and some of you at some point will probably disconnect because you'll, you'll wake up one day and you'll realize that this is not what I signed up for. And the Lord reminded me that and he said, what I want you to do is I want you to bless them. I want you to pray God's favor upon their life. I love them as much as I love you, and I'm going to use them as much as I'm going to use you. And so, son... You just need to get over it. 
but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you some generals who will help you run some things uh, that have gotten outside of your scope of ability, and I'm going to send you some people who can share the vision that I've placed in your heart, and this community is going to begin to grow in the things that I am blessing you with. And I came to a place of peace and I just realized that there are some things I'm just not capable of. He reminded me once again, he said, did not I tell you that I will build the church? It is not your job to build the church. It is my job to build the church. It is your job to disciple them and grow them and mature them and equip them for the working of the kingdom of God. And if you will do that, you you will see the church grow because I will bless it. Amen. And I begin to thank God for the community that I'm a part of. And I begin to thank God for the community of my family and how that He raised me in, in a preacher's home and, and how that from the day that I was born, I, I think I was like John the Baptist. I, I think I was kicking in the womb saying, let me out. I, I've got things to do for the kingdom of God. I, I knew that I was raised in a church of God preacher's home and, and I knew that, that what that meant was is I'd have to set up Christmas trees and hang balls from TVs and things like that for the rest of my life and, and that, that I'd have to serve the Lord in whatever way uh, became uh, reasonable and, and but I'm thankful for that and then I found this sweet little lady 39 years ago actually it was 41 years ago when I with shaking knees uh, decided to ask her out to go get a Winchell's donut and, and, and a jar of pickles. She didn't like the donuts but she liked the deal pickles and she'd eat the pickles and I'd eat the donut and when she was done she'd drink the dill pickle juice and by the time she got done drinking the dill pickle juice she was ready to kiss a little bit and I enjoyed that as much as the donut myself and then when I asked her to marry me she didn't even hesitate until a few months later and she changed her mind. But then the Lord spoke to her again and said, you ain't going to get one any better than this one. Amen. You better go ahead. Just kidding. That didn't work. But I'm so glad this week we were able to celebrate 39 years of marriage and I have loved this lady and she has loved me and we've had fun and we've gone a lot of places. But the things that I love the most is, is that we're on the same page in the Spirit. She's saved by the blood. I'm saved by the blood. Jesus is raising us up and maturing us in Him. And He has blessed us abundantly. And then He gave us some kids. And now the kids have given us grandkids and another one on the way. Amen. I didn't know. They told me there weren't going to be any more. But not long ago they said, guess what, Pops? There's going to be another one. And I've got two more actually in the last a couple of months. And I'm just as pleased as Pops that God has allowed me to live in community with family that I love and with family that loves me and a church body that loves one another. I am so thankful that God has given me such a blessed life and the community that I am able to live in. He said, how did you get all that out of this scripture? Well, look. 
says, I'm constantly praying for you and I remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Listen, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I am sure dwells in you as well. I've asked the Lord to help me to be real kind-hearted right now and not to be mean at all and to come across mean. But, but, but let me just have a word with some of you young parents just for a moment. Your kids are dependent upon you to learn the things of the kingdom. The church can help, but we can't help if we don't have access to them. And I'm just pleading with you to think about the effect that your discipline and your faith will have upon the children that God has given you to raise. I'm thankful for sports. You may not be able to tell it, but when I was a young kid, I was good. I mean, it didn't matter what I touched, I could play ball. I wasn't as good as some others. Obviously, I'd be in the major leagues right now if I was that good. But I played baseball, and I played softball, and I played basketball, and I played football. I can still remember the very first time I was in a football game and had the helmet on, and, and they I was on the kickoff team, and I was ready to just, I started to say kill somebody, but that, that wouldn't be a good way to put it. But I, I can still hear myself breathing and huffing and puffing and, and the air going in and out of my helmet. And I, and I was so high, I thought, oh, somebody's going to get it. And about that time, somebody knocked me almost out. But I loved it. My mom and dad let me play as often as I wanted to play. And I'm glad you're letting your kids play as often as they want to play. But I'm just asking you to at least insert every now and then the opportunity for them to interact in community with the body of Christ. Because the Scripture says that we are to train up a child in the way they are to go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's all I'm going to say about that. I just pray that you will value community as much as I value community. I could not live this life in the Spirit if it were not for people like you who keep me pointed in the right direction and my relationship with the body of Christ is responsible for my maturing process. Amen. Can I move on now? The second thing that I am thankful for is supernatural courage. I mean, when you look at me, you may see a lot of things, but the one thing that you don't see, I don't think, is a man that is not afraid in the Spirit to do what God has called me to do. I, you know, I've had to adjust through the years. I've had to do things a little bit differently. Society changes. Culture changes. 
And we sometimes have to change the methodology of the gospel without changing the message of the gospel. And can I just say once again, I'm so grateful for a group of senior saints who allow me to do that without griping and complaining and saying, listen, I don't like this and I don't like that. Without fail, you have said to me, go get them, pastor. We've had our day. We've loved it. We still enjoy singing a song every now and then. But listen, we know that the harvest uh, is among uh, the middle age and the younger uh, families. And so let's go get In fact, you don't go get them by yourself. We're going to go get them with you. And we're going to pray and we're going to seek God. And we're going to believe that all things are possible to him that believes. Amen. So thank you for your help and your love and your graciousness. And the Lord spoke to me again this week and he said, as I was in that mode, he said, listen, he said, Pastor, you're going to have to start looking at things differently. He said, I don't want you chasing after people of faith that know better than to live the way they are living. I want you to focus your attention on the harvest because you are not going to get where I need you to be by accepting church transfers from other congregations because they got mad over there and they got frustrated over there and it didn't work out over there, so they're bringing their frustration and their problems to you. You don't have time to mess with it. I've got too much for you to do that's going to bring a harvest to this church and this community without you having to chase people down and babying them. Was that mean? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be mean. I promised myself I wouldn't be mean today. Let me tell you something. When Jonathan got to be about 13, 14 years old, I didn't need to tell him when to go to the bathroom anymore. He knew when. He knew how. And he didn't need my help. I didn't have to get up in the morning and say, John, do you need to go to the bathroom right now? Because if you do, you need to get down there, son. Because if you make a mess, I'm not going to help you clean it up. Get on down there. You've been taught how to do it. Do it. I don't have to tell him how to do it. Now with Harper, she's still a little bit iffy every now and then. Every now and again, when she gets up, I have to look at her and say, do you need to go? See, she's still in the training phase. There's some of us in the training phase, but there are others of us that we ought to be mature enough now that we're squaring our shoulders and saying, I didn't just get called to this church so that I could feel good and get a goose bump every now and then. God, you have called me to be part of the kingdom of God. You have gifted me to reach others with your message of grace. And I will not sit idly by. I will rise to the occasion and be everything that you've called me to be and I don't have to have the pastor telling me all the time how I need to be living and what I need to be doing you need to have some supernatural courage you say well I'm I'm afraid pastor it's not that I'm unwilling it's just that I'm afraid why why would you be afraid when the scripture already says that he has not given you a spirit of fear but of power love and of a sound mind now listen When we came into this world, we were born into sin. And we had a sin problem that 
that plagued us all of our life until we came to the place where we recognized that Jesus Christ came to set us free. Free from our sin, free from condemnation, free from everything including fear. Amen. And when you came to Jesus Christ, He infused you with a supernatural courage that will allow you to stand up on His behalf and be the child of God that He has called you to be. So listen, when you need to witness to that individual at work or when you need to be patient with that spouse that's giving you a hard time, when you have to forgive someone who has been in your face and called you names that were unacceptable and you didn't like or something happened to you 10 years ago or 20 years ago that you're still carrying in your spirit, let me remind you of the fact today that God did not give you a spirit of fear. He doesn't want you to step back from any confrontation that you have to have. Instead, He wants you to square your shoulders and step up and say, though I may not know how to do it in the flesh, thank God I'm not living in the flesh. I don't live by what I feel, but I live and walk and move in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in me. So devil, whatever you've got that you're going to throw it me today, you need to know right now that in the name of Jesus Christ I will not be overcome. Amen. There may have been a time when I thought that I might be moved, but like the psalmist says, when I think about God and His goodness and His blessings and His anointing, I just want you to know that I've changed my tune. I'm not going to say I might be a little bit moved. I might be moved in my flesh, I've changed my mind. I've thought about Jesus. I've thought about God. I've been reminded of how I'm filled with His Spirit so I've just changed my mind today and what I want to say to you is I shall not be moved. Nothing you can throw my way is going to knock me off course because I have the power of God living within me. I'm thankful thankful for supernatural courage. I'm thankful that, you know, I'm not one of these guys, I don't go around looking for a fight. I, I don't go around looking for one. I'm not seeking one. But there have been a few times down through the years when there were others who wanted to fight with me. There have been some since I got here at the very beginning, way, way back, that wanted to fight with me. And I didn't want to fight with them. I did everything I could to just stay away from them. But you know when somebody just keeps chasing you around and hunting you down and putting you in the corner and telling you who you are and who you ain't, there are times that you just have to say, you know, I have tried my best not to interact with you, but it seems to me that you're not going to leave me alone until I interact back. So I'm just telling you right now in the name of Jesus, you better get back out of my face because the Lord has brought me here for this appointed time and for this task and nobody and no thing is going to stand in my way because if God called me, He will anoint me to do it so that glory can come to His name. Amen. 
I'm not bragging. I don't have anything to brag about. I'm just a little old weenie to this, to the, to this world. I, I'm just one of those little weenies that you make at Thanksgiving and put in the crock pot. I may not even be one of them. I may be a half of one. I don't know. But I'm telling you what, when the anointing of the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me, uh, I'm transformed. It's like going in uh, like Superman. You take off that fleshly robe uh, and you put on uh, the robe uh, of the Spirit. Amen. Uh, and you begin to walk in the Word of God and declare what the Word of God has to say over your situation. And when the enemy says, uh, this is what it looks like, you can say, I'm not concerned with what it looks like. I'm concerned with what God said it will be like. Amen. That's all I care about. Some of us just need a little courage. Some of us need to stop wearing our weenie faith around. We need to get strong in the Spirit of God. You say, all right, how do I do that? Well, you read the Word of God. You pray. You ask people of faith, how, how did you do it? Tell me your testimony. Give me some words of wisdom. How did you make it through a situation like that? How did God get you through it? And you take all that information and you put it in your mind and that information, that knowledge turns to wisdom. And when that wisdom is there, you are able to operate in a realm that you've never operated in before. Things will come to your mind that you never dreamed possible. Words will come into your spirit that you didn't even know were there. Why? Because God will give you a supernatural courage to walk in His Spirit. I need to start shutting this down. I'm thankful for the gift of community. I'm thankful for supernatural courage. And I'm thankful for peaceful confidence. I'm thankful for peaceful confidence. The other day when I was having my little thing... I started thinking about my grandkids. You know, it's funny when you start getting older, you don't worry about yourself near as much as you one time did. I love my wife and, I, and, and, and I'm aware when she's not feeling well or when she's got some situation in her life, but I don't worry about her because I know she has the Spirit of the Lord in her and that all is well with her soul. And I know that, and so I, I'm concerned, and I love her, but I, 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 don't, I don't worry about her. I don't, I don't worry about myself. I feel a little bit like the Apostle Paul, who one time said, if it were up to me, I'd be out of here right now. Because I know where I'm going, and I know what my expectation is, and it is far greater than what I can ever realize while I'm here on the face of the earth. He said, but I guess... I'll stay around a little bit longer for you. <laughs> so I guess I'll stay around just a little bit longer for you. But I don't worry about myself too much. I don't care a whole lot about what the doctor has to say about me. I'm not going to fight with her. I, I'm not going to fuss with her. But I'm not too worried about it. I'm not too concerned about it. Because I know where my reservation is. 
I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And I know that if Jesus Christ comes back or if I die today, I know that I'm going to be reunited with Jesus Christ, my Savior and my family, and I'm going to spend eternity there forever with Him. I sleep just about every night, all night long, until I have to get up and go to the bathroom. But I don't know, I've even learned how to do that in such a way that I don't even think I wake up. I, I, you know, I think I'm able to just get down there and get back and lay back down and I, no big deal. Just lay right back down, I'm at peace. I don't worry at night what I've got to do tomorrow because what I've got to do tomorrow is represent Him. And what I've got to do tomorrow is in His hands. And I don't worry about it a whole lot. You say, why don't you worry about it? Because He is the keeper. It is in His hands. Notice what He said. I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced, in the, in the King James Version, that word is, I, I am uh, I am persuaded, I like that, that He is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Come, come start playing something so I can quit. Please. Thank you. I've learned that in 39 years, let me tell you. You know what I've discovered about worrying? Most of the time when I'm worried about something, it's because I still have it in my hand. Most of the time when I'm worried about something, it's because I refuse to cede control of it to the keeper. Most of the time, I have to come up with my solution before I can bring myself to believe the keeper for the answer. So I worry about it. I drive myself crazy until I understand and realize that all my worry will not change a thing. So I have to start believing what I made up my mind to believe so many years ago that Jesus man, if you can't take care of it, I know that I can't. Lord, if you can't speak peace over this, then I know that I can't. I know that I can't. Lord, if you can't do it, if you can't bring this one back, if you can't change that situation, then Lord, it's over. I can't do it. I don't have the power. I don't have the authority. I don't have the wisdom. But Lord, I'm so glad that it's not my responsibility I'm so glad it's not my responsibility to fill up all these seats that have been empty it's not my responsibility I'm going to invite people I always have and I will continue but it's his job to build the church it's your job to invite people somebody texted me late last night and said I been texting people a bunch of them today reminded them that church starts at 10.30 said I hope they don't hate me because of it I thought to myself they might hate you for a minute but they'll get over it 
when they step into the blessings that God had reserved for them by being in community. When I stopped worrying about the things that I don't need to worry about, there there came a whole new level of liberty in my life that I never thought was possible. But I'm so thankful that all I have to do is walk hand in hand with the Savior and I know that He's going to see me through every situation. Peaceful. Can I ask you today, how many of you are peaceful today? How many of you are peaceful? Say, Pastor, you don't understand what it is to raise little kids. Oh yeah, I do. I raised two of them. And my wife had to raise me. So she's raised three of them. We we do a a lot of raising of our grandbabies. I could tell you a few things that you've never even thought of yet when it comes to raising kids. But as much as I know about that, let me tell you, there have been times I didn't have a clue what to do. Most of you know my daughter, Erin. You know, I talk about her all the time. She doesn't care. I've asked her permission. She doesn't care. She's in a different place in her life. But let me tell you, there was a time when that girl I thought was going to absolutely kill me. I've never seen anybody as stubborn as her. She could come up with things that I never dreamed possible. She could do things that I never did when I was a kid. And I I thought, I never thought of that. There was a day, one day, when I laid the law down to that girl and I looked her right square in the eyes and I said, you will not do that. And if you do, you will be sorry picked herself off the couch and she said see ya I'm gone I'm out of here and you won't have to worry about me anymore you said Aaron oh yeah my sweet little Aaron and I remember when that happened I immediately knew that that was not wisdom from on high that my flesh had taken over in that situation Later, I went out and got my car, and I started looking for her. I knew, I thought I knew where she'd be, and she wasn't there. And I went somewhere, that she wasn't there. And I went somewhere, she wasn't there. And I began to pray, oh, God, I don't know. I I fouled this up. I messed up. I messed up big time. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I'm pleading with you to bring my baby girl back to me. So wherever she is, what, what, whatever, God, I'm, I'm sorry that I tried to be God. And all of a sudden, this peaceful confidence that I'm talking to you about today just flooded over me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. 
Holy Spirit said, rest in me. I've got this. And he did have it. And God did move her through and out of that season in her life. And thank God for a young lady who loves Jesus with all of her heart and is serving Him and is raising children to love Jesus as well. I'm telling you today, church, that you may be facing something in your life and it has you all concerned and all upset and you don't know what's going to happen. Let me remind you that God has this. He has it. And if you will rest peacefully, confident in His promises and let Him move and work in this situation, then He is able to change it and move it. Isn't that what the writer said? He said, I am persuaded that the keeper is able to keep it. He is able. He's able to keep it in His hand until that day. Will you stand with me this morning? You know what I think? I think there are some people in this house today that you've just been holding on to that situation, holding on to that circumstance. You've been saying with your mouth that you trust the Lord, but your actions are not matching up to your your words. And what I want you to see today more than anything is if you will trust Him and if you will take your hands off of it and place it into His hands. You say, is that scriptural? Yeah, it says it says cast your care upon Him for He cares for you. Cast your care. Cast your care. Indo yo toboko shotoboko sanda bakari toboko hotoko sarabaka yi tando boko shita bakaha sondo boko shita For I say to you this day, my child, how long will you carry the weight that is not your weight to carry? I would encourage you today to take me at my word. It's not too heavy for me. If you will cast it upon me, it will be easy for me to do what it has been impossible for you to do. Let me warn you today, my child, that if you continue to carry the weight of this circumstance, the weight will eventually 
bring you to your knees. It is not necessary. And I'm inviting you today to cast it on me and leave this house today free from the weight that I never intended for you to carry. Will you do it? I invite you now to cast it on me because I care for you. Will you lift your hands and acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit? Who's that for today? Is it for you? Are you carrying a weight that God never intended for you to carry? If that's you, please step out of your seat right now and come down here and let me pray with you. You say, do I have to come? No, you don't have to come, but sometimes when we agree together in faith, when any two agree as touching anything, it shall be done of them of the Father which is in heaven. Thank you for coming. Are there others? Will you come this morning? Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Are there others? Are there others? Thank you for coming. Are there others? Thank you for coming. Are there others? Are there others? I want to ask you to help me this morning. It's 12.03. We have plenty of time. I want the prayer intercessors to come and stand in behind these, all of you, those who are on the intercessory team, I want you to come and stand in behind these and I'm going to pray from the front side and pray with them. And I'd like for you, if you can stay, if you will stay and help us in prayer today, I want you to point your hand this direction and believe. You say, well, I don't know what the need is. You don't need to know. The keeper knows. The keeper knows. And I want you to join us as we pray. Will you do that? Let's do it.